Hey, welcome back to the Me, You, and Soundship podcast. Um, it's been a minute. It's been at least a few weeks since we've had anything regular up here. I apologize for that. It's been a little bit crazy, but uh, I'm hoping to get back to some kind of regular schedule of every other Tuesday doing a release. Um, today, we've got something special again. Um, we got Aaron, Josh, Kenzie, and I in the same room this time, not over Skype. Um, Aaron and Kenzie came into town for a couple days to... Um, do some stuff here in town and we figured why not record another episode so we talked um a lot about worship music um and about music in general and it was a long conversation um it was it was actually the longest conversation we've had on one of these and so we are going to split it into two episodes um and so right now you're about to hear part one of this conversation we had um, and then next week we will air part two of it. Um, but I'm really excited for it. Um, if you haven't got a chance yet, go ahead and check out soundchipsays.com. Um, there's a place where you can uh, subscribe, where you can contribute to the show if you feel ever so inclined. It would be very appreciated. Um, but no, we hope you've enjoyed the show. If you um, want to email in any questions you have, any ideas, any thoughts for future guests, uh, be sure to shoot me an email at imsoundchip at gmail.com. And that's about it. I hope you all enjoy the show. Well, um, so this is the first time we've actually all done this live in the same room and not over the internet. So it's also the second time total. <laughs> the second time with, with the four of us. The four yeah, of us. yeah true, we true. don't have our fifth this time, but who, it's okay. Who was our fifth last time? It was time? David. Oh, uh, it was. Mm. Perpetual mm-hmm. pe- Pessimist. Yeah, I love you, David. Mm-hmm. If you're listening, right. um, but no, this is so. Um, if, but if you're not listening, screw you, David. <laughs> <laughs> is what Daniel's trying to say. That's not what I mean. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, okay, so uh, we have Aaron here. Hello. Hi. Um, we have Josh. Hey. We have Kenzie. Hi. Um, um, last time we did this, we um, we had a pretty interesting discussion. We had a lot of different discussions, actually. That time. Too many different discussions. It was discussions. a little too many. Mm-hmm. Um, we got into, you know, school and music and funerals. Yeah, and, yeah. funerals. Yeah. Did um, you talk about that? You probably didn't. I don't know. We weren't, like, arguing about funerals. We were just talking about different <laughs> types of funerals. Like, we, I think could, we're, we were talking. I think we were talking about, like, processing, like, the full range of emotions in our work. Oh, yeah. That's kind of like liturgy. Okay, sorry for that. Like, how do we, like, talk about grief? And I think that conversation is what got me thinking about just worship in general. Because we've all had different experiences leading worship. Um, Aaron, you and I started... uh, What was it? Sophomore freshman year of high school. Something like that. Sophomore freshman year. And... um, Remember the first time that um, I sang a song? Oh, man. Yes. We had a week where um, we had our regular worship leader had stepped out to go play in another venue. And Aaron and I were like, well, let's just lead the service. And we thought it went really well, at least that day. Yeah. We were really stoked. We were trying, like, why don't we just do these songs a little different and by different we really meant incorrectly but um, <laughs> do them a little different make up some different chords and time signatures and yeah stuff. but we'll sing it right it'll be good and then the very next week like 
we got totally slammed for being awful, and I think I was told to never lead worship again. Yeah, that was pretty scarring. I yeah, <laughs> it was pretty bad. I don't think I led worship for another three years after that. Yeah, like as far as led, but I've played. Um, Josh has led a few times. Yeah, I actually have. Yeah, back in the day, I haven't in the past few years, but there were a few times that was that like, I did like sing. That was right when Aaron and I took off, right? Yeah. That, oh man, mm, yeah. my my first time that I, I think that I was gonna sing in a in our youth group when I was a senior, um, when I was kind of in charge of all of the uh, the worship, like scheduling and band stuff. I like I was I was gonna sing one week, and uh, I had Gracie with me singing. She was like in eighth grade at this, this time. Jeez, remember <laughs> I was having like I was like nervous because like I'm not I'm not a good singer. Like I've never been a good singer. I kind of like just try sometimes, but like I've never like been confident at all with it. Or good, and then like Gracie just kind of took over a little bit. Like I think I still sang a song, but she like totally saved my butt. Is that the week where she did uh, "How He Loves" in four four? It might have been because I was playing acoustic guitar, and that one always just back. It, no, we we always had issues when we'd have a no. song in three four, then four four. We could never play like Jesus paid it all. You and I. It was Jesus paid it all oh, that because we we would oh, play it's... a whole set in four four, and then play <laughs> Jesus paid all paid it all or something, and like I would just have a hard time. There is video on YouTube of Gracie singing How He Loves in 4-4. That wasn't me. That wasn't that, that wasn't time. You. No. Esteban did it once, though, too, last year. Not with that song. It was a, or a couple years ago before he left. We were doing a workshop on Sunday morning, or like Saturday morning, for everybody who was on the worship team. It was kind of a, we're going to start a new year. We want to gather everybody together <clears> and just have some fun. We want to talk about what we want to do the year, practice some new songs. But to open up, Esteban just wanted to lead everybody in worship. And I was like... Okay, cool. He sings Scandal of Grace in 4-4. Yeah. And I remember that one. I had half a mind to just turn everything off and just say, we're going home. We're never singing songs again here. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to Esteban. I love you. Kenzie, have you ever led worship before? Yeah, I have in different capacities. Which capacities? Um, So for InterVarsity Christian Fellowship, I did some leading. Um, As far as, you know, song selection... Um, gathering the people, singing the songs, talking in between, trying to strum and talk at the same time, things like oh, that. Oh, that's rough, man. Yeah. Yeah. Aaron, I feel could, that. Aaron, when he started, couldn't play and sing together. Yeah, that's true. No, I know he's okay. Now he's pretty okay. He's pretty it. great at it now. Like, he's fantastic, but he, when they started, it was fun. Yeah. Was fun. I imagine, though, they're just speaking, not like singing a song while playing, it's harder. Oh, most certainly. Right? Yeah. yeah. Even as a keyboardist, 100%. it's hard. Yeah. I, I, I find myself like, I will hold the same notes and I can't go to another thought until I change notes. Mm. <laughs> Do you ever find yourself like speaking in the same cadence as what you're playing? Um. Well, yeah, I just, I don't, I just can't. Like, I like just give up. I just, I'm like, okay, cool. I'm just going to talk now. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Uh-huh. I couldn't even make sentences. I don't actually say that. I, I, I transition. Gracefully, and now you. So you play. I know you. You. You're. You're an oboe major. Mm-hmm. Or you, you finally graduated. Way mm-hmm. to go! High five. Thanks. Oh, congratulations! Thank you. Yeah. They you gave go. her a gold oboe as like the graduation. I try. wish, and I don't know how that would, would work out. It'd be like mm-hmm. a brass oboe, mm-hmm. but like not brass. It'd just mm-hmm. be gold. That'd be one Bronze. really hellish sounded instrument. Like, <laughs> no, no, no! It would sound worse than anything that ever happened. I can tell you that. Okay. You can. You're an oboe major. What other instruments do you play? I think we talked about this. Um, well, that's my primary instrument, of course. I'd say that maybe guitar would be my secondary instrument at this time, um, and thenceforth piano. And that's. I mean, I also third. got flute and 
um, saxophone on my belt. Too, Lead so. from the flute. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. So we had we started this conversation before we rolled the podcast, but um, so do you consider it worship leading? Um, when you're just playing and not singing, do you consider worship leading specifically the singing or anybody can jump in on this one, but I'm very mm-hmm. curious cause I've known so many people on so many different sides of this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I have thoughts immediately. I do consider, um, any type of role m- musically in the band or with the singers, a worship leader role. I think there's, there's different levels of uh, of responsibility, of course. Like you've got, of course, you're like worship director or worship pastor or worship leader, who is the guy or the gal who arranges and does all that. But um, and I my my thoughts on this are mostly out of experience because what when I've been leading worship with a band. Oftentimes, like, I'll feel led in worship by them. Like, there's one particular memory I have of playing worship with a band at a conference. And we were jamming and, um, you know, playing one of those, like, 12-minute long worship songs. And... uh, (laughs) I did one of those last week, so I know what you feel like. Yeah, yeah. And... um, no, but it was great. It was gone. It was gone. And then the drummer, to say, we were playing. What song were we playing? We we're playing. Um, was this the one where you were telling me that every song was related to fire? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, no, maybe not. This was uh, when we did. We we were singing "Set of Fire," and um, and it was going on for a while. And then the drummer just started like going into like a like super groovy like rock slash hip-hop beat and it just got me so pumped in that moment and then everyone else got pumped and the the drummer was just like i think i just want to have fun by playing this beat felt like i was talking to him debriefing with it i was like dude that was so cool what was going on for you in that moment he's like i just felt free to have fun like free in the spirit to have fun i was like that it like it worked i felt free in the spirit it was like yeah like let's Mm -hmm. have it was just so really I, cool. I think that's interesting because for me, it comes down to semantics really is what you mean by leading worship because there's leading in a sense of um, directing the music, you know, orchest- orchestrating what's happening on stage, which usually the front man, vocalist, front man and guitarist, whatever does. Um, Cause they, you know, they can control whether you go into another, another chorus or, you know, whether like you know there are people do like hand signals to tell the drummer to like calm down or whatever like i see that all the time in church um so there's that kind of like music directing kind of leading and then there's the spiritual aspect of it of we're all here um mm-hmm. as leaders in the church to um i guess like lead the congregation to worship god and those two things i think are pretty separate for me mm-hmm. because you know, we have a music director on stage that has the microphone and speaks into the ears of the band, the band, right? Uh, in my mind, they are like the worship leader for the band, right? Um, because the bassist isn't, if that, if that, I guess if that is the bassist, then it's him. But like, say there's a keyboardist who is... It's in, usually the keyboardist. Right. Well... Bassists can't multitask. 
False. I'm just messing with you. I take that personally, Daniel. I take. I love you. I love music directing too. Yeah. So so if there's a music music director, it's the keyboardist. Let's say you know the the drummer can't decide. Hey, we should do this chorus again. You know, the bassist can't decide. Hey, let's go back to that bridge. You know, the music director is the one who calls the shots. So in that respect, nobody else is leading the worship moment. Right, mm-hmm. but at the same time, they're all performing an act of worship on stage mm-hmm. by playing and showing the congregation, "Hey, this is a time for us to worship and sing." And there's le- there's leadership in that too. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I I mean, they're g- obviously today as the worship directors are usually the ones with the with the voice and the guitar leading, right? right? And that's not something that's isolated from history of the Christian church is that like, you know, the worship comes from a very choral standpoint. Um, and, uh, you know, in uh, the long history of the Catholic church, there was a, um, like a, a, a practice of hiring musicians. So hiring the wind players, hiring the string players, hiring the organist. Um, I mean, like Bach was an organist, you know, and he was a worship director. I don't think he sang. I don't know. Who knows? I, don't know I should. My name is Bach. You can revoke my <laughs> That's degree. That's Beethoven. Yeah, I was like, wait, is that Bach? <laughs> um, and sometimes, you know, sometimes, uh, and that still continues today. I mean, I think um, there is definitely within the history of the church, the, the leader has been someone who leads with a voice um, or an instrument. An organ maybe um well even so to the point that there was even a period where it was like no instruments allowed where it was only acapella Mm -hmm. yeah exactly um so that's i mean that's a big distinguisher um and now at least in a lot of non-denominational or evangelical churches um whatnot um you can still find hired musicians but it's mostly uh volunteer right Mm -hmm. um so uh, it's mixed depending on how much, how many volunteers your church has, or how much money your church yeah, has. Yeah, how much money you know. And I have I have a friend who is um, a contracted musician for a church, but she takes her calling very seriously, and so she does minister. You know, she doesn't just show up, play, and sing, but she prepares, memorize scriptures to talk to. She leads. She really does lead the congregation, um, and I think part of it, though, you have to. Like you have to, is part of it. Musicians too have um, a spiritual leading um, call, even if you're not a worship director. I mean, I've sat and played, you know, a requiem or a psalm setting, and that's something spiritual that's given to the audience. And a lot of those people in in the orchestra are not. Um, Christians or anything like that. So there's there's part of that is worship too. Is that musical something that's spiritual in and of itself as well? It was. I actually heard um, on the whole like doing big pieces like that with uh, like higher on musicians. I was listening to I think it was is Tim Keller or John Piper, whichever one's the guy over in New York. Um, there's the Redeemer Church. Tim big, Keller. Tim Keller. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about how maybe I don't know. <laughs> it's one. It's one I of think them. that sounds right. But Megan goes yeah. to his church. So he I was talking. So. He was talking about how um, he found it was. It, he he actually thought that was weird with when they had higher on musicians who weren't believers 
because he at one point found that like half of the half of the guys that his church's directors were hiring as orchestra guys or like instrumental players like weren't believers. He was like, "This feels weird because everybody on stage is a worship leader." Mm-hmm. I've seen it the other way too because I've actually been in times where I've been, you know, as somebody who's trying to put teams together, been told like. I always leaned toward, hey, I would rather, because I think like this, I think playing and worship leading is a serious calling, and I think everybody on stage to an extent is a worship leader because, simply because you have a platform at that mm-hmm. point. Like, you're now in front of a crowd, like, taking the spiritual aspects of it out entirely, you are literally on a platform in front of a crowd. But all that is visual. It it is visual. How much, it says, how much it, it's visual, but it says something to the crowd. Like it says something if you're if you got a bassist on stage and then you see him out smoking crack in the community. Um, well, what about what about churches that don't have stage? I don't. Go, I, don't go <laughs> I mean, there's. I've never been to one. There's plenty of there's churches. There's always metaphorical yeah. stages. There's, there's 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 usually some point of being before. The congregation, mm-hmm. yeah. even if you're not taller, like mm-hmm. you're, you're, unless you're hiding behind a curtain. Those oh, were always a- so weird. <laughs> Let me just say, we've I've been a part. Of, we've been, we, both of us have been. A, I think all three of us have been a part of. I those. have not. You haven't. I have not. What? Nope. You haven't done a world changer project, then have you? No. I have. Yeah, t- it, they did it during Tampa one night. No. Yeah, where he, the guy was in the back singing the whole time. Really? Um. So one of the things, so you haven't experienced this because um, mm-hmm. on, on on one of the mission projects we do uh, through a group called World Changers, and also through their kind of church planning missions too. One of the nights they do what they call a concert of prayer, mm-hmm. and part of it is nobody is on the stage mm-hmm. on those nights. Is they're usually in the back of the room or hidden behind a curtain or whatever. And I always thought it was just interesting. I, I considered that different than a corporate time of worship, but that's mm-hmm. a whole different point. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I am. Um, I've had where I was going before is I've had times where like I've been direct. Uh, I felt really strong. Like, hey, if this is something like, especially with singers, because I wouldn't like. I think it'd be. I don't think it would be possible to get up and sing something I didn't believe. I think you could do it, but you couldn't do it long term. But um, for musicians, I used to feel the same way of like, hey, I want to know that you're, you know, committed to this and um, that you care and that you believe this and that you're a follower. And then I've had like people above me before who are like, you know, they're not there yet, but they might be there. Maybe becoming part of this team will help them get there. And I've, I've always felt conflicted about that. Mm-hmm. Like I've met people who have been like, hey, I got like I came to Christ through playing on the worship team, I was actually one of those. Mm-hmm. Like, I was a kid in church, and I got saved during the middle of the first time I played for Breakaway during spring break. It was spring break camp. Like, I wouldn't really have said I was a follower of Jesus until the middle of that camp. And while that was a cool story for me, like, I don't know if I agree with, like, that approach. Because I kind of do see everybody on the stage as having some sort of a some sort of a calling as a leader. I don't know. Yeah. Well. Yeah, it's a tough it's a tough question. It's almost unanswerable. I feel it's almost unanswerable. I don't have an answer. Idealistically, I, I, I would love opinion. that. I haven't thought about it enough. Going back to what you were talking about earlier with the um the retreat you were playing where the drummer just kind of went and did his thing and it was an awesome moment. Yeah. 
So what would have happened if like three different people all went in completely different if directions? If that wasn't time? an awesome moment, <laughs> yeah. if all of a sudden the bassist just went like all jazz bass on you, and like the guitar yeah. just started like flamencoing, or and then the drummer went into like blast beats or something. <laughs> I'm using extreme examples here, but this this is something I've always felt because okay, there. I think there is a highly spiritual aspect to music, to worship leading, but I think sometimes I think we can put that over the practical. And it's a very hard balance to strike, mm. I feel. I'm definitely the opposite of that. Like, I definitely um, value the planned and technical and very, mm. um, I don't know, programmed type of worship mm. that isn't. I mean, I don't really care for organic music. In general, mm-hmm. like I don't really care for. Um, you don't like jazz. Like okay, that's the one thing. <laughs> As, yeah, I, I want to get more. I haven't gotten into a lot of jazz, but I want to because jazz okay. is sick. Okay. But for the, for the kind of I don't know pop worship that we all kind of sing. Um, at least we do. Yeah, yeah. At least we do. That'll be that'll come next. Um, it it all kind of revolves around a programmed kind of layout for a song and i like that i mm-hmm. this is my my personal preference so mm-hmm. i don't i don't even find the need to leave room for like the spirit to move in a song and to take me into the bridge one more time or to do something different with th- uh, some chord progression you know i don't feel a need for any of that uh, it's weird because i've done both I, we did a we did a set for um we did a we did a overnight event for our youth and we actually had a moment planned of spontaneous worship where me and a couple of t- people who were on the team with me like just pulled songs out of nowhere for a solid 40 minutes and it went awesome but i was like okay i we very specifically planned that out and knew we were going to do that and we were going to do it that way um and always had a f- we still played it kind of safe if we knew if anything fall back to these chords in this progression because mm-hmm. that'll get us back on track or and i think it's it sounds weird when you say like I don't like leaving room for the spirit. For me, I think leaving room for the spirit is what I do in my preparation. Of well, that's what, that's what I meant. I meant I meant in the moment. Yeah. I f- I, by that, I yeah. meant like I don't feel yeah. need for there to be like room in the, in the song to change things. But I know the way you guys. The, at least, at least I I know more about the music. Aaron, you've been involved in mm-hmm. than Kenzie. What you've been involved in? It's not but, unsimilar. Yeah. At least I mean our university experience. That's yeah. what that is. I've kind of been uh, run the gamut of this from like a very. Um, very scheduled like this is how it's gonna be done no matter what kind of run through of the song roadmap to like completely making up a song right then and there during <laughs> worship <laughs> time like ihop kc style oh, geez, yeah. <laughs> um there's merits to both that's yeah. all i have to say about that yeah no, it's weird because as a worship leader, especially in a church setting, you're so much more than just a like musician and a, and a vocalist, and even like a crowd leader. Like, for the most part, you get second to weird role. Like, you're a you know you're a band director and you are a administrator and you are a put things into planning center person and you are a you know rostering person mm-hmm. and um, you're the pastor for your team. And what about your tech team? Is your tech team part of your worship team? Are they like the people who are helping you behind the scenes? That is your sound guy part of a worship leader as well? Well, what, all this what, what goes back to what is worship, right? Or And, you know, how do you lead worship? Um, I There's a part of me 
that I might retract this in a minute, that feels like there's no real such thing as a worship leader because <laughs> worship is a very personal thing between like us and our creator. When like like when we worship as a congregation, right, we're like all together worshiping. Um but I don't know, like like is does it matter if we're all like if we were all in our own world when we're all, when we're in a congregation, if we're all like just focused on uh the meaning of the song or you know, a prayer in our mind and we're worshiping God, um does being in the congregation matter? I think so. Yeah, most certainly. Okay. I yeah. kind of started to backtrack my first thought because I thought, oh, well, we we gather and worship for a reason, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. there's, it is personal, I think, but um, there is that like congregational aspect to it. Yeah. I mean, think about how um, a worship leader might prepare and like even in the preparation time, but also within um, the actual music worshiping time, there's everywhere um, opportunities for them to be led by the spirit. Um, and so, whereas like, I think I'm going to plan to do these three songs in a row um, and intertwine it with this verse and speak into this part and then usher them into this thought. And it's, um, it's like a, like a, a director led Lectio Divina, you know, like let's focus on how this, like this, this word, um, like focus on this word and let that minister to you. Like whatever, you know, whatever it is. And that could be in the planning. That could be that. And in that way, they're a leader because they're ushering the spirit for others. And they... Can people move the spirit? I think of... I don't know. I don't know about that. The spirit can move in others, most certainly. But can one person cause the spirit to move in somebody else? I think um, in yeah, the example of Paul, <laughs> he says, and they worshiped God because of me when they found out that Paul, who was crucifying, mm-hmm. or not, excuse me, who was, um, who was, what is the word? He was... Killing. <laughs> so, okay, so... Who was killing... Persecuting. Did, persecuting is the word. Is the word. So did Paul cause them to worship God, or did they worship God as a result of what happened to Paul or what Paul was doing? Well, that's, I would say if we're going uh, spirit-wise, ushering spirit, leading spirit, whatever, it's the spirit was using through through paul as the spirit is using like through being 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 using the worship leaders right right but it does but there is a amount of openness that the worship leader has to be in in the discipline of their life and the discipline of their character and i don't know their prayer you know whatever it is what if i lead my crowd in the wrong direction on a sunday it's okay <laughs> it's okay. I, I, I've, I've always thought that was very interesting. You know, like especially in the mind. I I had this conversation. We had this conversation a little bit with uh, Josh Ansel, our last friend on the podcast, about being in the you know the week in and week out of being a part of something as a church and um, having to realize um, on the having to deal with those days where you don't really know what God is trying to say to you and you may not feel the spirit moving or understand what's going on, and you still have a job to do. Um, can, like... That's where, I, that's where I think with worship leading. That's where I think, like... I, I'd find myself feeling in danger when I'd over-spiritualize some things, because, mm-hmm. like, 
I'd trick myself and I'd have this kind of false mindset of like, if I don't feel God moving it into me today, like how is God going to do anything with this worship? Like, am I going to just have to fake it today? Like, what if everybody can tell? Like, what if I screw this? What if I screw this up? Think of Jonah. He jumped. He went the other way. It still worked out. So, I mean, (laughs) it's, I mean, whether you, crap it up or not or whether you do really great some people do really really freaking awesome stuff from places of brokenness or anger the lord can use anger too what read that okay go ahead sorry i think that's kind of the point of like um being called to that position is it's a thing it's a challenge that like hey can you worship god like in every moment in your life because like we really should be able to right yeah. Right. So I think that, like, I think that when you're, uh, sorry, give me a minute. To, I gotta gather my thoughts. To quote a famous poet, <laughs> "More than a feeling." Oh Tom. my god! <laughs> a famous poet. It's more than a feeling. Yeah. Worship is more than a feeling. That's Boston, right? That's Boston. Oh man. <clears throat> What's his name, Boston? Okay. Oh, you're good. No. <laughs> no, it was good at where you left it. Okay, okay. Sorry, I think I have my thought. Okay. So awesome. in in your so. in your brokenness, can you worship? Yes, that's like yeah. pretty much right. the way okay, you worship so, from. Right. Well 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 in your wholeness and your joy you can worship yeah, too right yeah, yeah. right so <laughs> sorry um so i think that the fear of leading your crowd wrong doesn't have to do with how broken you are today or what's going on wrong in your life it's just like how much of god do you see right now and i don't i don't think that that is but de- even, but it, can you but i think even that isn't entirely fail safe because well, right. That's that's. I think that's yeah. what I was getting to. Is that it's mm-hmm. not the, the your ability to lead the the crowd you know, correctly or whatever that means in the right direction with the spirit doesn't have to do with like if you're having a bad day or like other stuff. Well, I guess those influence your spirit in a way. But uh, let I, me put it. Th- let me put it this way. I've had days where I just I walked on stage like feeling like miserable, like everything was frustrating for me that day. And whether it's stuff that went on earlier in the day or the week or in my own life or like anxieties, whatever I had going on. And then I go on stage and maybe something musically didn't go right or any of those things. I walk off stage feeling, um, you know, feeling frustrated and feeling like, oh, this didn't work. And I'd have somebody come up to me afterward, whether it's just somebody from the crowd or often somebody even from my own team was like, hey, that went fantastic. And I'm like, were we in the same room? Mm-hmm. Um or I'd have times where I'd walk off stage and this is like when this is going like when me and Aaron did it our sophomore year when we had that first time you know leading together on our own and we both left feeling great and then and so I'd be like what was that what just went on there um, yeah. <laughs> I think like I think that's always been the hard thing for me is because it can like it can feel so subjective sometime and I know it has to to an extent. But I always wondered, like, I was I always tried to find, like, and I think the biggest, like, thing I've prayed in leading worship in the last maybe, you know, two years of doing it 
often and really professionally as mm-hmm. kind of my job. Um, I think the thing I always ended up praying the most was like, God, let me have peace through this. Like God, just however this goes tonight, let me feel like at peace with you. Um, because that would get that would just tear me apart. Sometime I'd go home and be like frustrated, or hmm. you know, leading up to a set, have anxiety. Like, oh God, is this gonna go right? Did I pick the right song? Did I like? Does this make sense? And I think it's because again, I think it's the practical side trying to take over and nitpick everything. Uh, yeah. Um, so I don't know. That's, I don't think that was really, really a discussion. Well, it was just a thought. Yeah. I mean, even, even in the like non-successful side of what you just portrayed, there's like biblical success, you know, like there, these things are hidden in jars of clay to show the all surpassing glory is to God, you know? Um, and so, True. I guess I it really, I mean, I really <laughs> <laughs> wow. hated that what? Tell us how you really feel. Oh, Jars of Clay? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Terrible. Don't say that. This is recorded. Anyways. <laughs> He's not listening. I don't, I, maybe, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't really I would, listen to Jars I never listened. What? Oh, that's, gosh. Lots really? Of another. Another one. one. Jars of Bay. No, too soon. No, too soon. Too soon. I'll cut that. <laughs> hey, hey, you say another one. This makes you think about something real quick. Like, I no, I I actually have a thought about that. Like, what? I no. As far as like work, no. As far as worship leaders and musicians, like, I think that. Okay, I see. A, I've seen like in like the last few years, like popular worship musician after popular worship musician at least three or four in the last five years like fall out of their music because of some sort of marital infidelity. Mm-hmm. Um, you had, okay, you had him and George Clay, you had Steve Fee, you had, um, who, just, who just announced it? Yeah, Israel Houghton just announced it the other day, or a few weeks ago. He mm-hmm. was like, maybe a few months ago, he was like, this totally happened and I'm, they always say the same thing, it's heartbroken, devastated, trying to heal, no comments, don't ask questions. <laughs> Wait, who's the guy from Jars of Clay? What was his name? It's not Derek Webb, is it? It was Derek Webb. Oh, he's from Jars of Clay? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, I I knew that. Yeah. I knew about him. Um, I didn't know that he was... I don't listen to Jars of Clay. I I didn't really... I I didn't didn't much either, but I'd see it. I saw it, like, online. But I've I've seen this, like, as a, like... It got me wondering the other day. I'm like, what is, like, the this, like... Is is this is what leads them to doing those things? Does that come from the same like stress and anxiety that I get when I'm doing music perfect like mm. regularly? Mm. Like, is there like an an incredible amount of pressure on musicians in church worship musicians? I don't think it's really possible to compare sin like that. Yeah, I mean, leaders in general. I mean, many leaders have failed. I don't know. In this yeah. respect, many Christian leaders, not just worship leaders, and we know about them because they're they have the internet. Yeah, the internet, uh, and because their status, their well. status. So it may be a little, um, a little sensationalist to say that mm. this is a problem. <laughs> I mean, 
No, I'm not. No, no, no diss or anything. No, maybe. But I know. I, I, I feel you though. I no. mean, it's a shame. No, regardless. I'm, I guess I'm saying I'm wondering if it's sensationalist yeah. or if they're like, if that's just a weird random thought I had. Yeah. I mean, one thing for sure um, is that like music. I mean, a lot of a lot of our questions that we've been bringing up have come to very unconcise answers. You know, like. Should they be volunteers? Should they be Christian? Should they be this? Should it be the stage? What it, you know, whatever it is. Um, I mean, I just brought up one question, but I can't remember the other ones. But the, the, um, what's what's very what's very true, and the thing that worship leaders do have to deal with is um, the complexity of worship and the, um, like the not like not having such defined constructs, you know, like, cause sometimes you're going to have a kid that comes to Christ in your band and sometimes your band's going to be completely full of Christians or sometimes you're going to play this music. Sometimes you're not going to be feeling it. Like sometimes you're going to be led by the spirit. Sometimes you're going to be structured. And as far as what musicians show is a, the ability to hold, um, the complexities, you know, of life and, and handle them, um, with grace. And it's, and it, and if, and if a worship leader also shows the complexities of the human journey, you know, of, of failing, but also being something beautiful that's been used by God, I, then it's just part of their, sorry. their, I don't know, their, their place as what they've been made. I think that's kind of what I was trying to get at earlier when I was talking about, um, like when you're, when you're broken, you can still worship mm-hmm. is, um, yeah, I think that the, the virtue of a worship leader is the ability to worship, uh, in all stages of their life, the, the joy and the hurt. Um, and I think that like, yeah, like I think, I think that's possible. I think that like when you're hurt, like it's not a bad thing to show that you're hurt, you know? And that doesn't mean like singing like a sad, depressed Mayday song on stage or something. We did that, <laughs> which <once>. we did. <laughs> <laughs> more than once because we can kind of jam all over yeah <laughs> no um no. yeah <laughs> yeah think of, think of david he was a rapist but a very good worshiper dang that's 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 uncomfortable though <laughs> it is it's very uncomfortable yeah. it's it not my favorite honestly yeah. it, is when favorite. You, it is when you, it is yeah, it is uncomfortable when you say it it's like that way with a lot of people but in the Bible, you know yeah it's true yeah, but it's true but it's in, but it's interesting because in our in like our stage of church like i discovered that at least in the way we do church like people who play on the worship team and are part of that group are some of the most scrutinized in the church aside from maybe your senior pastor sometimes maybe even more think about i think about it like i never i've never seen somebody like on the parking team at our church have a bunch of people come up here oh make sure you're out here for the right reasons every week you're showing too much pride out here i think you're showing off you're parking these cars like how how I think it's the nature of being on stage which draws out those the nature sins, of yeah. music. So, well, yeah. yeah. And so I think so. It, it's crazy because it, it, there's there is a lot that's natural to that of mm-hmm. um, whether you're whether you're on stage in church or not. Music in general can tend to bring those feelings up in a person, mm-hmm. and as for as in a performer, and then you have in church you have people trying to tell you all the time. Oh, it's not a performance. It's an audience of one, which I are both that. phrases I hate. <laughs> like I'm just so yeah. opposed to that. But um, 
simple too simple anyways go yeah. ahead um and so, so i think no i think it's very interesting to just look at you know music from all those sides and then have to play the same songs every week you know sometime for what it's worth i've never really felt scrutinized i've been playing worship music for like six years now and i've never felt like unfairly judged or unfairly like looked at but you're most but again that comes you were the bass player <laughs> True. Nobody's ever looking at me, so I just kind of yeah. People kind of bass players are the unsung heroes. Yeah. <laughs> if oh, if, if bass is there, you don't notice it. If bass isn't there, you you don't notice it still, but, but you, you miss feel it. it. You <laughs> feel well, it. I've always thought that my job as bassist is done when nobody's nobody even knows that I was there. Be- well, because like when I think people would notice the absence of a bassist in a full band setting. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. I know the white stripe sounds different because there's no bassist. True. It's not that they're bad. Meg White is, but like mm. you, you notice the absence of a bassist. I've also played guitar though, so it's not just that I played bass. That's true. Played but you but you but you haven't spent long prominent periods of time. Meg White is an awful drummer. Just but- why? Why are we why are we hitting so many people today? Anyways, let's keep going. Um, everybody love everybody. Not I I guess so. Yeah, why are you hating, Dan? <laughs> anyway. No, but I bet if you spent a lot if you had spent a lot of time prominently like singing. So only singers are scrutinized is what you're saying. The drummers aren't? They're not saying much. the spiritual stuff, you know. Is it the more you say, the more you open yourself up for scrutiny. I mean we can put it just at that. You know what I mean? Hmm. That's why there's so many proverbs about keeping your mouth yeah. shut. <laughs> <laughs> word the word <laughs> <laughs>